0: What we do here is go back, 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 back,
1: back. They always say that your best offense is a battery-filled snowball defense, so... Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Michael McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And I think the general consensus is that I'm just never going to win a bet during these playoff runs. Uh, we will jump into that in a minute, but before we do, before we get to my downside of my betting picks, I just must have used all my good luck uh, when we went to Vegas. But nonetheless, how are you?
0: Uh, I'm great, and i was I was thinking the exact same thing when you were talking. You just you had a you had a day that people would dream about, you know a lot of losers out there that miss picks. not a lot of people get those six leg parlays, and you, my friend did. So it's all good. get back up on the horse this week. but yeah, season is winding down. let's recap, jump right into it and recap last week's divisional round. Um so Saturday we had the Jaguars at the chiefs. The chiefs were favored in that matchup and they did come away victorious um, by the score of 27-20. to 20. If you're watching, Mahomes got hurt early, which really kind of gave um, Jaguars some juice there. But um, Chiefs end up winning 27-20 to 20, um, to move on. I had the Jags plus 8.5. Thank you, Jacksonville, for covering that, um, which was my only win of the weekend, um, spoiler alert. And then getting into Giants at Eagles. Eagles were favored by 7.5. Micah took... The Giants to cover this one and unfortunately they did not Eagles ended up winning 38 to 7 which it's all good you know I think I didn't expect them to win by 31 I thought the Giants would at least stay in it late touchdown but it didn't happen the Giants just hate you I believe I think we've come to that conclusion I'm never going to bet on them ever again
1: for the rest of time well, don't care don't care
0: good thing is is this year you don't have to because they lost um so getting into uh, the Sunday game so we had a Sunday slate we had the Bengals at the Bills. Bills were favored by five and a half at the time. Um, Over under was 48 and a half. I took the over because life is too short to bet the under. And I should have took the under because it was 27 to 10. Um, That's 37 points if you're keeping track at home. So very snowy game, um, very underwhelming performance by the Buffalo Bills and not a lot of points, which to me, that was not great. So went one for one on the weekend. Closing it out, we had the Cowboys at the Niners. That was just a weird game. Indicated by the score 19 to 12, the Niners ended up victorious. Over under there was 46, and um, they did not reach that, Mike. So I think, you know, outside of the Giants, I thought that was a stretch with, you know, I, I could see them covering. That was kind of like the Giants just suck. I felt like that game had so many opportunities to hit the over multiple times that they both, both teams could have scored touchdowns and they did not. So I don't blame you. I blame them. So don't wear that one on the chin.
1: Yeah, well, if I knew that uh, at any point in this game, Zeke was going to play center, I probably wouldn't have, you know, maybe maybe took that bet, so.
0: Yeah, that was a unique play, that's for sure. But let's get into um, to this week. So we have the championship weekend, AFC and NFC, both happening on Sunday, first game of the week. So what we're going to do is we're both going to pick each game. We're going to pick who covers the spread and also the over-under for both games, so Starting out 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the San Francisco 49ers, who play in Santa Clara, but the San Francisco 49ers are traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Um, Eagles are two and a half point favorites. Over/under is 46. For some reason, the Niners keep getting these over/unders of 46. It's wonky. It's scary to me now because it's a whole number. So, yeah, Micah, I'll start with you. What do you think? Who covers? What do you think about the over/under? All you.
1: Yeah, I you know I I think that I think that the Eagles go out here and win this game. I'm hesitant to say that they're going to cover because these types of games are the types of games that tend to come down to like game winning field goal because you're down by two or you're down by one. You drive down, you get that game winning field goal. But I'm going to sit here and say that the true bang bang gang that's coming out with this W is the bang bang bird gang not the Niner gang, uh, and they're going to cover. They're going to win by three or more. Finally going to get that time to see the Niners lose. You know, I have uh, a good buddy who's an Eagles fan. So, Dustin, this one's uh, this one's for you. Go out there. Let's do it. Let's get this dub and, and shut up all
0: these Niner fans. Over-under is 46. Um, so I'll give my thoughts on the game, but um, what do you think about points here? 46 again.
1: Uh, that's tough. I think that, um, I'm going to take the over cause life's too short to bet the under also week one, first week of the playoffs, high scoring weekend, second week, low scoring weekend. What does that say? We're back on a high scoring weekend. So I'm taking the over.
0: Great. Love it. Just, you know, get a little 27, 24 action. You're covering that thing on both ends. Eagles win. This is an interesting game. I mean, you know, having the Niners having to travel to Philadelphia is uh, is going to be tough you know probably gonna be cold it's usually cold back there and I think going into last weekend you know kind of picture my mind like okay Niners win Eagles win they're gonna face each other I felt pretty good about the Niners Um, they didn't look great on Sunday I think Brock Purdy does everything he can to try to throw picks and isn't successful and Dak Prescott does the same thing, but just is successful. So it just worries me. Um, just if they're limited with Purdy and and kind of being able to take open up that offense um, and take the shots they need to. I'm sure Shanahan will fix it, but I still think there's some hesitancy around their confidence, or I guess the confidence level um around Purdy there. So and then, not to mention, you have Christian McCaffrey as of Thursday today. Him and Debo Samuel did not, pr- or him and Elijah Mitchell actually did not practice. Debo Samuel was limited, um, so they're banged up. I know that I'm sure they're still going to play and suit up, but. I think it's going to be a tough, a tough sledding, and this is not because I despise the Niners. I actually respect them secretly, but don't tell anyone that. I do think they lose. I think Philly is this not like Team of Destiny, but they got so much swag. Um, They got a lot of momentum going into this. They just completely smoked the Giants, unfortunately, for Micah on that cover. But I think they have a lot going for them, and I think Niners defense is good. Um, It has been exposed um, at times. Um, I think Philly's defense. For my vantage point is better than the Cowboys' defense, and then Niner struggled against them. So I think it comes down to if it's Jalen Hurts against Brock Purdy, then I, I, I would take the Eagles in that. So I think the Eagles win. I think they cover as well by three or more. Um, and then over under, I just have to take the over just because. So I was considering taking the under to go against you, um, but I knew it would backfire. But maybe that's actually, I'm going to take the under. Mm-hmm. I'm shifting it. I'm taking the under 46 just so you and I have some skin in the game. And this is also because I'm turning my back on the over. It's going to get you the over on that, which will be your first victory in the playoffs. That was not a dig at you, but I think that's where I'm going with that angle.
1: Let, one last thing. I just wanted to say that if it'd be very interesting if we saw a snow game out of this one, too, um, just with Philly's illustrious history of football games in the snow. They always say that your best offense is a battery-filled snowball defense. So. That's right. People forget. 2023 might not see that. And Philly fans, if you're not soft, you might throw some battery-powered snowballs. I'm not, I don't want you to, but it'd be a real shame. Real shame if uh, someone stooped to that level.
0: Sure. Dustin, if you're listening, think about it. I think a lot of things change in the NFL over the years. Um, you know, the NFL's a little softer, a lot more rules centered around offense. Philly fans haven't changed.
1: Yeah. Well, I just don't know if you can bring batteries into a game anymore either. So
0: I mean, they... Someone's not going to dildo in Buffalo two years ago. So I think all options are on the table. And if any fan base is going to do it, I think it's Philadelphia fan base. So um, anyways, go Eagles. Moving on to the primetime game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals traveling to Kansas City. Kansas City is favored by one point. Basically, a pick them here. And uh, the over-under is 47. So, Micah, what are we feeling? Bengals, Chiefs, to go to the Super Bowl. You're
1: on your honor. Yeah, I well, I think um I'm gonna be hoping that the Bengals go out in here, and get the W. Um, I want them to beat the Chiefs, obviously. I just really want to see a Niners Chiefs loss. I don't want to see either of them go to the Super Bowl, right? So I'm gonna will this into uh into the universe. Bengals are gonna win. Obviously means they're gonna cover, because um, they're they're dogs. Hungry tigers run faster. In the cold, something along those lines. So, uh, yeah, Bengals going to get a win, which means they're going to cover. I'm uh, going to have to take – I'll take the under on this one. I think there's probably going to be the over, but I'm taking the under because I know you want to take it. the over um, right, so we can so. have some, uh, some dueling skin in this game, in this weekend.
0: Yeah. I was actually going into this probably about an hour ago. I'm like, I'm, I think I'm going to go Kansas City on this until I – Read a report that I who it was on the Willie Chiefs. Gay. Willie Gay asked, "Is there anything special, or what sticks out to you, or what's special about this, you know, Bengals offense or their team or whatever?" And he just said, "Nothing. Nothing sticks stands out. Nothing special." And I'm like, "All right, I'm going Bengals now. Um, that's for sure." So, I just think Joe Burrow is awesome. Um, I think that team, even though they're the defending NFC champ or AFC champions, I think they are like the team. Out of the four that has nothing to lose, um, you know they're counted out. They had a weird game, you know, in the wild card round against the Ravens. They're counted out against the Bills because the Bills were the team of destiny. And then, really, I I, I think that they're coming into Kansas City who and they own Kansas City at Arrowhead. Three and out, Joe Burrow at Arrowhead. So I, I'm going to take the Bengals. And yes, I would say there's nothing worse. And we had it three years ago, uh Chiefs Niners. It's a lose lose for the Raider fans, right? You hate the Niners, hate the Chiefs, right? Let's just not even tempt that situation and have them both lose. So give me the Bengals on the road. Banged up Mahomes is definitely going to play a factor there. I think the Bengals are hot. Joe Burrow's cool. You know, all those things. So, um, and then give me the over. Thank you for the, the layup there and taking the under. But over 47, loving it. You know, give me 27-21 Bengals. Heard it here first. Any any last thoughts on either game, my friend?
1: Nope. I think I'm good. You know, gonna be a fun weekend. Fun weekend.
0: It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, it's the... You know, it, it, it's a great, it's like the four best teams. Honestly, I think really the four best teams you could, you know, sub out the Bengals' bills, obviously, but the Bengals are a better team right now. Four best teams you could ask for. It's just football heaven right now, but it's also sad because it's coming to an end, right? We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Go Eagles. Go Bengals. Go Tigers. LSU. Shout out Jamar Chase. Joe Burrow. And go Harambe. I know he'll be watching over at Arjas Stadium from heaven. So, We're going to get into some Raider content here. Um, Before we do, Micah, please tell people what that RTP betting segment was brought to all of us and Harambe bye.
1: Absolutely. As always, it was brought to you by DraftKings. We got four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg you add up to 100%. I think we're going to need to go in this. I think the best game, in my opinion, is going to be Bengals-Chiefs. I mean, I said that about Bengals-Bills last time. And it was, I mean, you could say it might have been, but probably not really. But this time, Bengals are going to do me right. Uh, And it's going to be great because it's going to knock the Chiefs out. So whatever you need to do to bet on the Bengals Chiefs, do it. Bet the overs, bet the unders if you want. Bet Burrow to go over whatever he's, you know, ranked for for touchdowns, all those things. And you can do that by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app and using code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championships and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
0: Wonderful. I I would, um, I was first, at first, I'm like the Bengals Bills was not the best game. But then I'm like, all the games kind of sucked. You know, Mahomes got hurt. It was a weird game against the Jaguars. Giants got blasted and the Niners-Cowboys just want to keep throwing picks, and Zeke was at center, like you mentioned. So um, I think the Bengals-Bills was the best game because there was a lot of snow. That's what we're going to go with. It
1: was the least worst game.
0: Yeah, least worst. Well, let's do this, get in some Raider content. There was um, something that you wanted to, to dive into, a recent report that came out this week. So want to take it away. What you've gathered on the inside, you know, you write The Raiders, you know, no big deal. So, I mean, kind of for the Raiders, about the Raiders. That's for certain. Um, just blog maybe. So um, you got your ear the ground, my friend. What are you hearing out there? What are the reports? I don't know what you're talking about. Please, I could tell the people.
1: Well, everybody knows that the ground floor is Twitter, right? Um, so there was just a report coming out that, um, you know, Zeigler, McDaniels, uh, everybody in the front office, uh, they are going to work on getting their guys in-house, right? And that potentially means moving on from people that aren't their guys. Um, and a lot of speculation and things floating around was that they could be willing to trade some players, possibly even some key players. And, and the article that I, or the, the tweet that I saw said that NFL teams are going to keep an eye on Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. So I just wanted to pose that out there for you um, and just see, you know, get your thoughts on it, um, how you would feel about either waller getting dealt or renfro getting dealt or um you know both or where where your brainicles are thinking uh when it comes to this report and whether any of that could happen
0: did you say my brainicles yes i did okay thank you for addressing them appropriately i don't know i think it's kind of so i think it's true and false if that makes sense i think that the I think Ziegler and McDaniels are definitely going to go to try to turn over this team pretty quickly because they didn't have a, enough time to do it in the offseason. You can't really turn over a full team and get all the players they need. Right. Um, but I think that's something that we talked about throughout the years, like, you know, with Patrick Graham, right. Like the scheme that he's running, like we, we still had so many players that were from Gus, you know, Gus Bradley's scheme, right. Like that cover three Seattle scheme. So I definitely think that they're going to overhaul it now that they have a full full season of tape to look at assess the players on the roster and a full off season with the draft and free agency as well. So um, I think that they're going to, it's going to be a lot of change. I would just be hard pressed to think that they're going to move on from Waller and or Renfro with that, because I mean, what did they play? You know, Adams, Waller, Renfro played four games together, right? Three or four games together. It's just very limited sample size. And I think you take Car out of the picture. And then let's say we, Upgrade or whatever it is, right? At, at that position, I think those, especially attracting a free agent or, um, you know, making a trade like this offense and that receiving core is something that we could pull a Brady over to, or we could have, you know, make a trade with the Packers to get Aaron Rodgers. And, and you know, he would be coming over to this core. I think, I think it's a very attractive thing that you don't really like. How are you going to like do you want to rebuild or do you want to like recharge? You know, I think we're trying to recharge right now, retool, whatever you want to call it, but um, I just think it would be. I don't, I don't see us moving on from from either one i mean i think renfro is special for what he does like mcdaniels made like he made west welker and edelman those guys you know what i'm saying so it's like i think he has more confidence there i think tight ends of waller's talent level are few and far between this is a pretty loaded tight end class but it, it's really how do how does mcdaniels and 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 then also ziegler but ziegler works through mcdaniels on the personnel side how do they truly value those guys and it's just hard to tell when they had only had one year of evaluation and those guys were both very injured for most of the year. Right. So I don't think they're going to move on from them. Do I think they would move on from Waller because of his injury concerns? Cause his injury concerns are not historical, but like they, they're multiple years, right. There's multiple years he's missed a few games and last year he missed significant time. So I think Renfro's was just that Cardinals game where we lost in or Yeah. Cardinals game. We lost in overtime where he got a concussion, he got banged up and everything like that. Right. So I think, Waller's injury history is more concerning Um, so I think if they got a good deal that they be like hey I feel good about this class and I feel good about the weapons that we do have Foster Moreau is a big part of that their confidence level in him to be kind of that stop not stopgap but like that replacement um, is something to look at so I don't think they move on from either of them but at the end of the day like everyone has a price so if they get some hey we can move on from Waller because we have Moreau and we can draft a young tight end in this draft that's loaded and we get additional picks because of it you know maybe a second round or whatever it is. I don't know what Waller's price would be, right? But yeah, all that to say, I think they're going to aggressively turn over the roster. But I, I think those players are are players that they want to build around. They, they re-signed them to new deals last year, right? And they, didn't, they weren't able to see what they wanted to see because of the injury. So I don't think they move on from them that fast. Anything, I think it would be Waller, which is, I wouldn't do it, but I could see his trade value because of his talent and his age. And also, his contract isn't, I mean, it, it's at the top end of tight ends. Right. But I, I think there's a lot of teams that need tight ends. And we're one of them because we want to keep him. So yeah, I'll stop talking now. Um, that's kind of my thoughts on, on it. And I think we're going to see it, that aggressive nature to find those types of guys on both sides of the ball. But I'd be hard pressed to say that they're going to move on from either of those two.
1: Yeah, I agree with that too. And um, what, what the, intrigued me a lot when this, um, it was actually before this kind of came out. There was something from uh, Hondo uh, Carpenter, he Sports Illustrated writer, uh, beat writer or the Raiders, came out saying he wouldn't be surprised if a tra- a car trade, included another player. Said he hasn't. He said he said it's not. I, I couldn't name any names, but it's something that I've heard as a potential possibility. Right. And you think about it, and when it comes to trading with somebody, giving Carr a little uh, exiting buddy to go to another you team have with, your exiting buddy, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> go to another team with. It's like it's Waller and it's Renfro. Those are the two guys. Mac Hollins, he's a free agent. They're not going to trade Devonte Adams with you know someone. So those are really your two options, right? I wrote an article about potential packages that might include another player. I would say that I probably swung for the fence. I, I kind of like high-ended things, right? I'll throw those out of you. You can tell me what you think. The first one was that the Jets were going to swing for the fences is the title on it. Uh, the Jets get Derek Carr and Darren Waller. The Raiders get pick number 13 overall this year, first round pick. Number 43 as well, which is their second round pick. Uh, And then a 2024 first round pick. So we're going to see two firsts and a second for Waller and Carr. So think about this. This is kind of where the justification came into play. Waller, I think, talent wise, is worth a first, maybe a first plus. Okay. Carr, fringe, probably not a first, maybe a little under a first, right? So that's how you level out that second round pick as kind of the mediator between. You basically got Carr for a first, Waller for a first, and that second kind of equals out the fact that you get a little less value from Waller. This is me just going off, right? This is probably very high expectations on it. But looking into Waller's contract, he doesn't have any more guaranteed money after this year. Also, trading him as opposed to cutting him, trading him pre-June 1st saves us $11 million, and there's only like $900,000 dead cap money from him so i feel like they structured his contract kind of having somewhat of an out ish you know giving a lot of money up front for the most part but making it to where it's kind of attractive to trade if in fact they got to that point so real quick what say you about that
0: i don't think it's too much of a stretch i mean i i I would say the 2024 first rounder is would be more of a stretch now i think also what you're talking about is a team that is on a fringe playoff team that needs a quarterback and, and obviously another weapon is going to be great. Right. Um, to where they're like, okay, we'll give you the 2024 first rounder because we're expecting to pick in the twenties, you know, something like that. So you, you would look at it and like, man, a first round pick. Well, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's going to be 17 overall or whatever you said. Was it was a 17
1: 13 overall is what the jets have this year. They have 13 and 43 from this year. And then a first round next year, I did want to say, sorry, before I meant to say, um, the jets offense, the one thing they're lacking is a tight end. They have Conklin at tight end. But you see their receivers. They got – what's his name from Bear Ohio Wilson. State? Yeah. They got him. They have – Elijah Moore. They've got weapons you know, on the outside. One thing they're lacking is really some dominance
0: um, at the tight end position. Keyshawn Johnson, Wayne Corbett. No, I, I, think, I honestly don't think that's unrealistic. It might be a, a stretch. Um, and the only thing I would consider is I don't know if they would feel great about giving away their – if they're like, okay, we have to give up this first and next year's first for these two. If we were just talking car or wallet, right? We're not talking two first, but I would say, yeah, okay, we'll give up these two first for these two players, and then maybe I, I could see them doing like a third, right? Like a third or like, hey, we'll give you our two and you give us your fourth. You know what I'm saying? Like a pick swap there. So, anyways, yeah, I, I like it. I like your heads up. I mean. I just, even though he's never playing, I have a hard time giving up on Waller because of how good he can be. And like, dude, like thinking of Gronk, thinking of the other guy that played tight end there that's no longer with us and was a murderer. You know, it's like he made, I know that Gronk and Hernandez were truly special, but like, I think Waller can play at that level. Like obviously you got to stay, stay healthy, but it's, do you want to give up on a talent like that for a team that is like, we're trying to win right now? They're playing for their ass. Right. Like McDaniels and Ziegler are playing for the, they can't go 6 11. So I, I think if, but if they were going to include Carr and Waller, I think that return is, is relatively fair. Maybe a little bit, you know, sweet for some, but good work.
1: So, second one, we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll try to be quick with this one. The Saints get Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro. Um, they give up a 2023 second round pick, which is number 41 overall, and then a 2024. They not have their first first round pick because they don't have a first. So the talk behind that, and then you mentioned it, and that's kind of where my mm-hmm. idea came from as well, is they're trying to move Sean Payton, right? And they're wanting a first round pick plus. Now that would, in, that would indicate that they're going to get a first rounder this year, obviously to feel mm-hmm. better about moving on from their second round pick. But if they get two first rounders for him, or if they get a first this year and a second next year, you know, they've got two seconds next year if they trade their first with us. Move up, do whatever you want with you know all that kind of stuff. I feel like that's a, a optimistic side of both of these bets, but you're getting yeah. a first, a first, almost like a first and a second straight up for mm-hmm. car, and so it's a second control. this
0: year and a twenty and a first next year. Right? Yes, yeah. Once again, I don't think that's you know too hard to imagine. Sean Payton is going to take a job, right? They're at the final stages of interviewing the, to the Cardinals. I think he was also with interviewing for the broncos role frank reich just got hired by the panthers that's another thought we could talk about this another time but frank reich former coach of the colts colts previously had interest in Derek Carr. they keep saying that they're not they don't want to just have another veteran but or sorry the Colts are saying that but now frank reich is in carolina possible destination there so think about that Keep tabs on there with your ear to the ground of twitter but yeah i think a, you know a, a second this year and a first is i think they would do it i mean give how about how about we'll take your third and Marshawn Lattimore and the first next year. throw that in there.
1: Yeah, you know, they're going to be making a
0: trade to win now. And they're like, well, we want to like, give up the best corner. But it's like, he's been kind of hurt. they like, so rent Ren from like, okay. yeah.
1: Well. And the Saints are like, I think the Saints are like $5 million in the negative, in the red. They the don't have a lot of money. This year. And, <laughs> um, you know, Michael Thomas, who knows what they're going to do with him. He's been hurt. They have Chris Olave who has filled in well. But like outside of that, Jarvis Landry has been hurt. And he's a free agent, wide receiver position they essentially like they got Alvin Kamara as their second best receiver on the team so
0: yeah I think pro would be a perfect compliment to Crystal Ave, who turned into their wide receiver one mostly because they didn't have options and Michael Thomas has always hurt so uh, but yeah, I think he's a stud. I like it Mike I like your heads that those are great ideas but, I mean there's so many different ways this can go right there's so many different thoughts and like even just even just with Carr like right? even like not even including Waller Renfro there Panthers like we talked about I don't think Brady's coming back in the Bucks You know and um you got the jets you got the commanders you know they got the saints there's a lot of different ways this can go and it's just like it's killing me because this needs to be done in three weeks right it needs to be done and i I need to know we got to know where he's going but we'll see which is just going to make it more interesting for all of us here at raider nation so last thing um wanted to touch on is is the draft right we're approaching um you know the end of the regular season or the nfl playoffs here getting into draft season senior bowl next week y'all tune into that patrick graham by the way is coaching one of the teams there so um he'll have really a a first look at at some of some big players that are going to be there that are definitely going to be in the draft so um what i wanted to do now that the at least for now barring any trades right um we have the number seven overall pick and um you know the media NFL like draft scouts and and different folks are starting to release their mock drafts. So we're finally into mock draft season. We did one last week, so we kind of beat everyone to a punch there. But just wanted to look at number seven overall. It's a big, obviously top ten pick. We have a lot of needs. I think this is a good draft. I don't know if it's a great one. I think there's a lot of good quarterbacks. I think it's it's kind of like there's the like the edge class is very good. I think the corner class is really good. The tackle class is a little top heavy. At number seven, I think it's fascinating. I would say for me, right, the position of needs at that pick is offense tackle, edge, corner. And I've never been a big fan of corner that early, but I think you could make an argument with Sauce Garner at four, I believe, to the Jets playing at that level just with his the difference that he made on the Jets. And I think usually you look at corners like there's a lot there's a lot of depth there. Usually you can find good players and starters, but I think Corners is a very realistic option at number 7 and it's a very loaded class. Um so tackle edge corner, right? That's just my thoughts. Do you agree, disagree any other positions? I'm not going quarterback there. I'm not even going to include it. We'll let this get away from us.
1: Interesting, interesting. Uh yeah, I would agree with that. Were you ranking them 1 through 3?
0: I wasn't ranking them. Sorry. Okay. I was just saying those are the three
1: needs. Yeah, no, that's fine. I was just I was just saying I don't know how, how much I'd I'd rank edge at, mm-hmm. at that spot. But maybe defensive line. But still, this whole Chandler Jones thing, like if we get somebody right. that's a like, you know, Raiders aren't gonna be dummies if fucking Will Anderson is sitting there at seven, they're not gonna take Paris Johnson on the tackle. Yeah. So.
0: <laughs> but, I mean, who would do
1: that? Yeah. Only idiots would do that. <laughs>
0: yeah no and i think um i have edge up there because i mean let's face it we you know crosby is a one-man crew right now right i think the interior defensive line it would help if we got a stud there that would help crosby right but i do think chandler jones he might retire honestly he had he he's old and he left you know he ended the season with an injury like i, I think and he was even contemplated retirement prior to joining the raiders so i think that's a real possibility and let's just say he does stay for another year or two Got to have someone that's in the mix that is going to be able to complement Crosby as well. So I think edge or defensive interior line at that. As long as the prospect, you know, obviously is graded that high, I think there's two defensive or interior defensive linemen that are of value of a top seven pick. But um, and I think you look at offensive tackle. Obviously, someone to complement Colton Miller be that you know booking on the right side. And then and then I look at corner. We we need all the help we can get. If you, who who are our best corners? Nate Hobbs. He's kind of a safety. He's like a slot corner, which I think is very valuable. Like Iraqison, who's a pending free agent. Anthony Averett wasn't great, right? Sam Webb played better. Logan Hall is that his name? Logan Hall. Jake Paul. Uh, Logan Hall. Yeah. Uh,
1: Amik Robertson seemed like he did better. Amik but Rob- he's also, yeah, sorry. He was he played more in the slot than anything on the outside a lot of times.
0: There's just not a lot of certainty in that in that secondary. We've needed help for years and to get the conference that we're in with the Chiefs, Chargers. Who knows if someone can fix Russell Wilson? You know, I don't know, but like, I think corner is a, a critical need. It is a very good class. I think it's a deep class and top heavy, if that makes sense. I think there's like two or three guys that can be that lockdown corner, and then everyone else can be very good starters. And, and we'll get into that when we get into the rankings and whatnot. But yeah, just look at those, and then I'm just taking a look at a, at a few different draft analysts that have already done their mocks, right? Um, so Daniel Jeremiah, someone I very you know I admire his work. Peter Skoronsky is who we had going to the Raiders at seven, offensive tackle from Northwestern. And then Bucky Brooks had um, also NFL Network. He had uh, your guy, Paris Johnson Jr., offensive tackle from Ohio State. Um, I've seen also mocks of us taking a corner. And one of them that I'm not going to play my cards too soon, but that I really like is Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois. Don't see a lot of prospects coming out of Illinois, right? Nate Hobbs. Yeah, yeah, running
1: mate. Have his running mate on the other side.
0: That's exactly my point. That's why I said that, even though I totally forgot he went to Illinois. But so I've seen, you know, I've seen a corner there with whether it's him or Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State, who I'm very high on as well, you know, in the tackle. But just what are your thoughts as far as that number seven pick? Obviously, it's a critical one. We need help on either, you know, one trench or the other or some secondary help. But like, what are your thoughts going into it as far as any, any players that come to mind that haven't been mentioned?
1: I think one issue that I had with, and it's interesting you said what you said uh, about not taking a quarterback there. Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft had us skipping C.J. Stroud. He had C.J. Stroud going to, in his mock draft, he had Atlanta trading for Lamar Jackson, um, Mm -hmm. I believe it was, and then the Ravens taking C.J. Stroud there. I have a hard time passing up on him if he's there. I realize, I realize that we could use top tier talent like that elsewhere. But if a CJ, if CJ Stroud is there, I would be a little upset if they didn't go that route. I know you said Will Levis, get out of here.
0: I haven't watched enough Will Levis. You know, obviously I'm very opinionated on quarterbacks and I've been very wrong. <laughs> but the story hasn't been written on Zach Wilson yet. Okay, guys, just give me a break. Well let me ask you this question then. You're McDaniels and Ziegler and Mark Davis walks in your office with his weird haircut. And he's like, "Hey guys, last year sucked. Okay, obviously we want better performance, but you're this is you're not coaching for your jobs or you know right. You this isn't like this isn't the end of it. Do you believe him? Not to say Mark Davis is a liar, but do you believe that this is not like hey if they post another six and eleven that they're going to be let go? McDaniel's fired, Zeke's fired.
1: Yeah, I don't think they get fired. I don't think they get fired at all. I'll be honest with you. I think they go two and." 15 next year it's like okay we're there for caleb williams draft him and and like like let's trust this process i mean that's a little different that bad Mm -hmm. of a year might be a little different (laughs) but i just think that like ziegler mcdaniels have a plan i think mark Mm -hmm. davis likes them and likes the fact that they have a plan i have a hard time thinking he doesn't at least give them three years to make things look better and our team looked better this year we just a lot of bad breaks that didn't go our way that they went the year before so yeah. um yes a, a huge step backwards into a very terrible season like that sure but my point being is is i would probably i would bet probably not my mortgage because my wife wouldn't let me but i would bet a decent amount of money that no matter what happens they're here for 2024
0: okay and i and i agree with
1: you right? i think he's behind i think davis is mark davis is behind them 100 percent through thick and thin Barring any racist and homophobic emails coming
0: out, <laughs> I mean, I think yeah, unless it's like a two and fifteen year, I, I don't, I don't think they get let go. Right now, let's talk about the personnel on the team. Right, we got windows of opportunity here with Adams, Crosby's a little bit younger. Right, Waller, Renfro, just like we we're talking about. They got extensions, contract extensions, but they're upper thirties. Or not upper 30s, sorry, upper 20s. So you kind of have this window. And you want to take a quarterback at seven. You think that, hey, this is the win now decision. I think we've seen rookie quarterbacks succeed.
1: I say still bring someone in. Still bring Tom Brady in. Draft a guy at seven and bring someone in. I get that you're drafting a guy that, that high. But you need top end talent. This is the second best quarterback in Jeremiah's situation, second best quarterback in this draft. You can bring someone in and have them sit, even if you draft them that high. I know that's not a popular opinion, but like you could bring Tom Brady in for the immediate now and still have CJ Stroud sitting on the bench ready to go, you know, letting him learn and let it ready to go either if the season starts to go in the tanks or Brady retires a year after, whoever it is doesn't work. You know what I mean? I'm not saying draft Stroud and run it with Stidham. You, I, I think that they should sign. I just hate saying Brady, but like sign Brady. Like that seems like our offseason thing. I don't see them trading for Rodgers. That seems like if you're going to bring someone in for a win now, like that kind of is your free agent option.
0: Mm-hmm. I know
1: people don't like that. I know people don't. I know people hate the idea of that just because of history, but I think yeah. that you can draft somebody and still bring in someone like that to still try to mm-hmm. win now while also planning for
0: the future. Yeah. And I don't like personally disagree with you, right? I'm saying it just is not going to happen. The, and, the, and the only reason I said it is because free agency starts before the draft, right? You sign Brady in March. And then you're like, Hey dude, at number seven, you know how our offense line sucks. Or you know how we can't cover anyone or we can't get to the passer on defense? Run takes the dis route. You know, I, I don't think that works. I don't think it plays that way, right? Like I think all if if you're going to take if you're going to go win now with Brady, you gotta have some immediate impact guys for next year. And that's going to come from those top tier guys at number seven. and you're also, which is the point can kind of fight itself. It's like we don't expect to be picking this early next year. Then it's like, well, dude, if you're not going to be. And there's a freaking quarterback there. You know you're not going to get that type of quarterback at 22 or whatever you say, right? So I get I get the argument. I'm not completely disagreeing with you. I just don't think that from the McDaniel's and Ziegler side, from the signing a win now quarterback like a Brady, you know, that we're going to say we because our the holes in our offense and defense are so much more than quarterback. You know, so I get the whole. I think CJ Stroud's great, but I don't. I just don't think it's realistic, and we'll see. I guess.
1: As far as the rookie quarterback situation is concerned, I mean, you agree we have to bring someone in at some point, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, would you rather sign up for CJ CJ Stroud at seven,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then going on, mm-hmm. at, you know, at thirty eight and drafting, you know, the best offensive line or best corner that's available, or going best offensive lineman slash best cornerback at seven, and mm-hmm. then hoping that Anthony Richardson is there at thirty eight, or Taking Malik Hooker, Malik Hooker,
0: huh? Oh, from Tennessee. Hendon Hooker.
1: Hendon Hooker. Malik Hooker is a basketball player, I think. No, cornerback from Ohio the, State. The
0: safety, yeah.
1: Safety, yeah. Anyways, Hendon Hooker in the second. Like, which one would you sign up for? Which one do you think? I mean, or, or just like take a flyer for next year? See what happens next year.
0: I would. Ha- I would take the the best player available. That's not a quarterback at seven, right? Because I don't, I don't think you should. You know, pick for need necessarily, but there's a lot of need, so you're just gonna take the best player available that fits, right? I think I think you take the best corner, the best tackle while you're there, and then I think you, you take a flyer on that. There's a Stanford quarterback, forgetting his name, but you know he'll be there, available at 38. Richardson's not gonna slide that far, right? Um, but then you even have, um, you know, you have the, the dude from Stanford, Hendon Hooker, you know, or I think there's gonna be a lot of guys. I don't, I'm not saying that they're just as good as Stroud, but I don't think the gap is that different, right? I think the gap between the best tackle in the draft at seven and 38, the guy that can get 30 is vast. Um, and it also is counterintuitive to what the F you're trying to do is like, we're trying to recharge right now, dude, you know, um, and not rebuild completely. So, and if they're going to rebuild completely, they wouldn't time break. I know we're going to have a lot more of these debates. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll, I, yeah get we, I get what you're saying. I
0: get what you're saying. I just, I, I don't think that's how it's, it's going to play out, but I don't know much. Yeah, We're both just, we're fans that love the Raiders and, have some football knowledge and i just yeah there's a lot of things that i've wanted to do that just don't even if they did it it didn't work out
1: here's what's going to happen if cj Stroud is on the board at seven um this is going to be a miles jack situation where i'm doing 27 shots of of fireball. (laughs) i'm doing 27 shots of fireball if we don't take him so i will say if that's the situation and he's sitting there at seven i think there's plenty of people that would want to trade
0: up and i'm fine trading back Right. I, you know, I, I think that's the other back. thing, too. We're, maybe, we're acting as if we have to take someone at seven. Yeah.
1: Maybe Atlanta or something wants to jump one mm-hmm. or uh, Carolina. Well, Carolina's you know, at nine. He, yeah. They jump. So that is, mm-hmm. I, I understand that. I just, us passing on him, I would just feel hard pressed about being okay with that. But I also have no say in everything. They would have so I just to, just have to, have to feel, be okay with
0: it. Yeah. They would just have to feel really fucking good about Stroud. Yeah. And also in comparison to other quarterbacks in this year's and next year's draft you don't have full grades for the guys next year, but you, that's why you have those sc- scouts like like Raiders scouts are scouting the quarterbacks for next year already. You know, like they're always doing that forward thinking scouting. Um, so anyways, yeah, yeah. just, just, so, just something I want to bring up. I'm glad we yeah. got into this debate. Yeah, I think we'll if, there's going to be a lot of more debates when we start getting the rankings out and I cannot wait to, to class. I think what we're going to do is, or I would like to do propose to you, my friend is when we get into specifically quarterbacks for college, when we do the rankings, we're going to bring Dan on just because we've already like had battles with him. Just be a text. Yeah. Our
1: our text group is, can get some good quarterback controversy in it.
0: Yeah. I don't even know about
1: controversy, but just talk.
0: No. Yeah. I think we just have opinions and takes and I think it would be a a good episode. You could just be a mediator and I can just tell him how much better Bryce Young is than Steve J. Shroud just to see his reaction and maybe yours, but cool, man. Well, that's all I had for that. We're obviously going to get more into the draft as we go um, but you do have um, an announcement as far as next week goes with peeps so late on
1: yeah so next week i am going to be on vacation i will be in hawaii with my wife and her family uh, so we're going to take a week off um, we're still going to have some content for you guys as everyone knows from the beginning of this podcast what we do here is go back so what we're going to do i'm going to splice together a little compilation of some of the best episodes we've had recently and just give you a little throwback episode give andy off a week i'll be taking a week and uh we'll uh recharge you know we're going to be going into the first week back will be leading up to super bowl weekend Mm -hmm. so it'll be a good good chance to uh you know kind of collect some content over the pro bowl and over this weekend and all that kind of stuff to come back hot for first week in february so or second week in february but
0: no that's great and i you know, it's also your birthday next week, so what a better place to be than in Hawaii for your birthday, my friend. So hope you enjoyed that. Um, I hope you enjoy your birthday as well, and hope the peeps enjoy the the recharge going back to some previous episodes. And then we'll get right back to it for Super Bowl week. We'll preview that. Um, we're gonna be pretty dang close to some Derek Carr news, so we'll see what transpires over then or over the next couple weeks. But until then, Raider Nation, sit down until Sunday, and then go Eagles, go Bengals. But, yeah, we'll catch you guys in two weeks' time, and we love you. I love you.
1: guys. Absolutely. That would be one hell of a birthday present to get some uh, car trade news um, while I'm in Hawaii. So, as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcast. Go subscribe. Hit the notification button for the YouTube channel, Raider Take Podcast, as well. Uh, we won't see you all next week. We will see y'all in two weeks. Um, so we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We hope you enjoy next week's podcast. And I'll shoot out some tweets from Hawaii. Shoot out some, some good stuff from Hawaii. I would be in Hawaii for Pro Bowl weekend. Like if they just did Pro Bowl weekend in I Hawaii. I know. It would have been the right. perfect thing to be out there. But Regardless. Going to uh, Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> we will. Uh, yeah. We'll see y'all in a couple weeks. Peace.